Welcome to FacingMelsMusic.com podcast featuring some of the most heartwarming stories from musicians all around the world on FacingMelsMusic.com. And welcome to Facing Mel's Music. This is Mel Golding. And today I have a wonderful guest all the way from Seattle. Are you in Seattle? Are you raised there as well? I have Delisa West, who is a coach, artist, and meditation teacher. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. It's really lovely to meet you, and I've I've seen your some of your work and what you're doing. I'm really interested in talking about what you're doing and how it helps people, the motives behind doing it. So if we could start with you, let's talk about you as an artist. When did sure. you when sure. did you become an artist? Tell me you about know, that. When I was a little kid, we had uh, you know, in families have this reality of who does what. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be a scientist. I was interested in insects and how things worked. <laughs> I took clocks apart and then forgot them overnight outside until they were all rusty and things like that. <laughs> and I remember telling my sister as a young adult, I was like, you're the artist in the family. I'm the salesperson. That's my job. And she said, you know, when we were kids, we were both exactly the same. We could draw the same, right? When we were eight and 10, but mm-hmm. I kept practicing and you stopped, she told me. So if you practice again, you could get good. And I became fascinated with that and took a few classes. And eventually uh, I got fired when I was the manager of a real estate office in 2009. So the economic crisis had come to the world. And I heard myself saying when I announced I was going to leave the office, I'm going to spend more time with my family and study art. And I thought, who, who mm. said that? <laughs> I, so and yeah. then I made it happen. I went Good. to art school for four years and studied with wow. a classical atelier teacher who Ooh. founded a school in Seattle called Gage Academy of Art. And so at the end of those four years, I could actually paint something that looked like what it was. Wow. Amazing. And, and I really... Thought. It was so interesting because what you learn in art school is you learn, of course, techniques and how to use the tools, but mostly mm. they teach you how to look at things and how to mm. see things. So I now can look at almost anything with the idea of how would I make that into a painting or drawing. the light shining on it and where's the shadow and is that a soft edge or hard edge Hmm. and the analogies to making art and thinking about art and just living in this three-dimensional world we have Hmm. I mean art could be anything it could be a metaphor for anything Hmm. yes absolutely so many people think I'm not creative I'm not an artist I'm not kind of like I did way back then I'm not an artist you're the artist well but don't you know people who sing yeah. or cook or sculpt or, you know, we all have these ways to be artistic. and creative. Yes, that's lovely. And you are right there because <clears throat> there are lots of people who believe that they're not artistic. 
Yeah. That, you know, they, they don't have the ability. It's the same with singing. Um, I have a friend who's a vocal coach, actually. We used to have this argument. And she said, she because I, I actually started to believe it. I thought, well, not everyone really can sing. You know, I have heard some pretty bad stuff out there. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, but she says, no, everybody can sing, actually. And with a little bit of coaching here and there and a little bit of, you know, it's application, you actually can hone in. And, you know, who's to say it's, it's all about pleasing your own ears and, and feeling free. And, and that was her argument, really. So you, it's kind of falling in line with what you're saying. Everybody can paint. It's painting and drawing. You, you do doodling. We're going to have to get to the doodling at some oh, yeah. point. We're going to get to doodling. We're doodling so going to get to <laughs> Doodling is no pressure, is no pressure drawing. Right. I love that. I love I'm that. Almost every, well, <laughs> back in the day when we didn't all have computers and yeah. phones and little devices to type on, people yeah. leave notes on paper, right? Mm. And yes. I've gone to so many meetings in my life where you got an agenda, it was on paper, all these bored people were sitting around a table listening to some event, whatever, you know, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I would just be drawing on the edge of the pages or circling the words. Right. Making, I, yeah. I yeah. got in trouble in high school for that as well. Oh, dear. Oh dear. <laughs> and now you're making a living out of it. Brilliant. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it great? <laughs> it's yeah. fantastic. But let's get back to you as an artist. Okay. So basically you did a four-year study. I take it that, yeah, you did a four-year course. You got all of that and you you became an artist. Yeah. But it must have all, it was obviously always in you because it was in you from your youth. What about the rest of your family? Anyone else? Is anyone else artistic in your family? Anybody? Well, my sister, Anita, is an yes. artist. She's an art teacher. Yep. And she's been making and selling art um, most mm. of her adult life. Right. In fact, as a young mother, she went mm. to college to get her undergraduate degree in art. And then she later, um, when she was in her 50s, she, I'm oh, sorry, my phone is doing something funny. When oh, she was in her back. 50s, she went back to school and she's got a, a degree to teach art now. Okay. My mom was a potter. My oh. dad was a cabinet maker mm. so it was just always okay in our family yes. to make cool, cool. stuff yeah make yep. beautiful stuff with your hands right how also. lovely just all creative I mean it's all creative isn't it? it's creativity and what you said before about how you see things that was really interesting when you said that just in art like you started to see things differently like the shadows and you paid more attention to angles I take it when you were learning about art that's what they were teaching you it's almost like a shift in mindset almost it's a way of thinking does any of that kind of cross over to your coaching absolutely and what right. you just mentioned about a friend who teaches voice and yeah. she says anyone can sing yeah my, my art teacher also said that the same thing about art he right. said art is like a language mm. and when you first learn a language maybe you can say a few words Mm. And talk to maybe a toddler. And then after you know the language a little bit more, maybe you can have a conversation. Yeah. And then when you know the language a little bit more, maybe you can write it. Mm. And when you know it even more, maybe you can write poetry. And mm. so learning any, any skill, singing, dancing, making art, it's all just trying it out and seeing how it unfolds for you.
It's, would you say it's also kind of testing your limitations as well? Is it testing strengths, t- testing limitations, abilities, your self-discovery, it sounds like almost an element yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm. Mel. And what comes mm. up for people, especially when you're teaching them anything about self-awareness and how to change, mm. is mm. we're like, oh, I can't do that. Mm. Mm. And and really becoming any kind of creative person you have yep. to go beyond the what stops you from doing it, what stops you from showing it to the world, right? The yes. first time I had an art show, I said, Okay, I feel kind of like I stood around naked in front of these people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just showing them <laughs> yep. these things. I, I yep. feel kind of vulnerable <laughs> to show them the art I made. Yes. Yes. It was yes. it was really uncomfortable. But now I'm mm. like, hey, check this out and look at this and look, this is all messy over there. And I like yeah. this part of it. And now yeah. I can talk about it and just be really yeah. really engaged in yeah. how I made it and not yes. be attached to if they like it yeah. or not. That's really interesting. That transition to a more confident you. It's you're absolutely right, because it's it's such a you're tapping into a vulnerable part of yourself, actually, with art, aren't you? I mean, you're, yeah. you are exposing your soul, your intimate ideas, your inner thoughts, your inner world. And it's exactly the same with, with artists, with musicians, when they're songwriting, when they're performing. I think, was it, um, it might have been, was it Bono who said from U2, he said, it's like ripping your chest open and really exposing your heart you know and it's and absolutely spot on it's exactly the same with with art so it's what's lovely about that is the transition to I don't care that's okay because I'm okay with it so because I'm okay with it and it doesn't matter actually anymore what you think it matters what I think so you're actually tapping into also self-love self-acceptance self-worth you're going into all of those areas, aren't you, really? Absolutely. Yeah. Without without even words. I mean, you're using it through doodling, drawing. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's the same. It's just another medium to achieve achieve that, actually. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what tell me about your coaching then? I mean, do you do you do one-to-one? Is it group coaching? How does that work? What does that look like with your coaching? I do both one-on-one and group coaching. I love to do the groups because the people interact with each other in a way that I couldn't Mm. design. You know, someone's sharing with someone else and that'll just spark something in in everyone. And if you've ever been in a group that's learning something together, you know, what one person struggles with is Mm. often what other people struggle with and don't want to talk about. Mm. Right. So yeah. there's there's some kind of it takes time, doesn't it? Because you you're building trust, I suppose. Right. Right. You you're building trust and this that it can feel, I suppose, in inhib you can feel in, inhibitions maybe de- depending on the person, you know, more exactly. outgoing, um, introvert, extrovert. I, I think, yeah, you can have a, a mix and it does depend, doesn't it? But it's very interesting. Would you say that the your art courses are a way to support each other is there an element of support that's implemented in that Emotional oh yeah, yeah. supports or yeah absolutely that, right and I, I think that my art courses are designed for everyone even if you're not an artist so you could be an artist and say oh that's right. kind of a silly little exercise I'm, yeah. i did that in art school or you could say what you could do right. that with a pencil 
<laughs> I didn't know. Um, so, yeah. But have you ever noticed if you're doing something repetitive, like for doodling, you can just be drawing a spiral, mm. and then drawing another spiral, and then drawing mm. another spiral, and then you get into this meditative zone right. in your head. It's very similar to meditation where you're sitting with your eyes closed. You just get into the space where you get great ideas just pop right into your head. Or maybe a solution to a long conundrum. You've, you can't figure out what to do about something. And then suddenly you're like, oh, this is what I should do. And so I really feel like doodling in that meditative state is a way to tap into your creativity. Right. Okay. So you're going into the meditation part now. So it's, it's all linked and connected. So do you think you're talking about the doodling? And I, you did mention something about, I did read it on your website, actually, about the non-dominant hand yeah. for doodling. Okay. What's, let's, what's behind that one? Tell me about well, that Are you right-handed or left-handed? May I'm right. Yeah. Both <laughs> of my sisters are left-handed. <laughs> Okay. Both of my sisters are left-handed, and my father, when he was a kid, was forced to be right-handed. <gasps> I've heard these things before. Because yep. it was not okay in the yep. 1940s to yep. whenever he was born. Yep. Um, so what happens if you use your non-dominant hand is a different part of your brain has to connect with what you're doing. Right. And and my sisters both say, well, if if you're left-handed, you're in your right, you're in your right mind. Yeah. Okay. So there's, like, there's like a joke about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear right that. Hand, <laughs> so, okay. yeah. um, further studies. There's a guy named Ian McCallum. Mm. I'm not saying his name wrong. He's okay. written a, the Master and the Emissary is his book about the brain and how it works. And it, we used to think if you're left-handed, you use your right brain. If you're right-handed, you use your left brain. And so, if you want to switch how your brain is working, you use your non-dominant hand. Mm. It turns out. Ian's written about it. You, you don't just go to just one hemisphere. All different parts of your brain are all lit up. But it does right. make you go right. to a, an unfamiliar part of your brain right. to access how to make that part of your body work. Interesting. So That's it really takes up all the neural pathways just mm. while you're getting that. And yeah. Plus, if you, try to draw, if you try to draw something realistically with a hand you don't normally use... It yeah. looks like you're a little kid drawing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you can't be mad at yourself because you're yeah. using the wrong hand, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. It's, it's a fun way to get out of your, mm. uh, your, the part of the brain that wants to criticize everything. Ah, that's interesting because I was thinking comfort zone. <laughs> that's yeah. what I was thinking, the right. comfort zone. Um, it's like you're moving, again, it's a shift, isn't it, to, the, to, to a zone that is completely uncomfortable, but you're allowed to be there in this space, and obviously you're there to facilitate anything that comes up. I mean, do one, one of my areas as a counsellor, actually, is, is obviously mental health, emotional well-being. I mean, do things come up um, as in – emotional issues or any upsets or anything just do, does anything come up emotionally whilst whilst the class are doing this oh yeah really 
Okay. Um, I had, I did it for a group of women at a retreat. We were just sitting around a table for an hour. I did this little exercise with them, right hand, left hand, draw this, draw that. One of the women was so upset. She was mad at me. Oh. She's like, I don't know. I didn't like that. It wasn't fun for me. I can't draw. She was like, I can't draw. Right. And I thought, what an interesting, Mm. uh, what an interesting experience. Mm. Um, I've had people almost be in tears. Right. Right. Same thing is going on in their head. Right. I'm not an artist. I'm not creative. I can't draw. Right. Now, the other side of that is someone who's like, oh, my goodness, I haven't had this much fun since I was like in school when I was a little kid. Can we draw with crayons next? <laughs> so it it totally it's incredible. Yourself, what you're telling yourself while you're doing it, right? It's almost bringing out the thing that came to my mind there. <clears throat> excuse me. Is it's you know you talk about this the the reactions. It's incredible the different reactions that come out of of not achieving. It's amazing. You've gone from anger to tears to having joy. You know, it's yeah. bizarre. Um, fascinating, actually. I'm wondering, actually, if it feels like there's something more deep-rooted for the person that's going on. That's basically something that's more deep-rooted and going on for them inside. And that actually was a bit of a catalyst to bring out a deep-rooted issue. So maybe anger was a part of what this lady learned or received, maybe received criticism, or maybe there's something deeper going on. You know what I mean? And, and I absolutely feel- do. Yeah. It yeah. Me, I took a class once. I don't know if you've heard about something called process painting. No, but it's, that sounds interesting. It was taught by a, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and okay. he was also an artist. And the idea is you don't try to make anything. Mm. You ask the painting what it wants to have next. And mm. there was a pile of paints in the middle of the room and everybody had a big piece of paper on the wall we were told not to talk Mm. not to interact if we felt like crying cry if we felt like yelling yell if we felt like ripping the paper to paint a rip in the paper if we felt like burning the paper to paint a flame on the clever that's clever it was all about the process Mm. of making the painting and this guy who did the class said professional artists or art people who consider them artists they have the hardest time doing that process. Yes. <laughs> because, yeah, yes. I said, yeah, I had this in my head. I wanted, to, I knew what I wanted to paint today and it didn't turn yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like that. It's like, what yeah. is coming up for you when you're making a piece of, even if it's doodling, why are people upset that their doodle doesn't look right? What's right in a doodle? There's no wrong doodle. <laughs> I I know I know I and I hear you it is fascinating it's like I say it's fascinating the feelings that come up from that from what you're saying because I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody before who does doodling as part of a course I don't think I've actually met anybody who does who does this this is no it's brilliant it's absolutely fabulous um I mean so many thoughts on that what just to comment on what you just said there on uh you know, about artists finding it very, very hard to sit there, say nothing, do, do nothing. It's because it's, I think with this, this element of perfectionist, you know, perfectionism, and I, this come up in my conversations before in, in other, with other guests. And I think this is, um, 
this is a big problem, isn't it, actually? Because and this pressure that we put on ourselves to achieve something and instead of just sitting there, and it's exactly the same for musicians, it's exactly the same. You know, now you've got to sit there, write a song. I mean, what would happen if, if they all just sat there and just, okay, you're not allowed to talk to each other see what happens, see what, what music might come to you or however you're feeling. I mean, it's an interesting exercise to actually turn that around and apply it to music. I think it would work. I actually sure. think it would work. Yeah. The other part of that yeah. process painting was when we took a break, we could look at the other people's art, but we were mm. not allowed to comment. You Ooh. can't say it's good. It's bad. I like mm -hmm. this. I like that. couldn't say anything. You just looked at it, which was also really powerful. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking, what do you think about this smell? I'm thinking I haven't done it yet, but I'd love to do a retreat where everyone draws on a ginormous piece of paper. Cause I've been doing these doodles that are six feet tall and four feet wide. Oh, sounds and amazing. What if you spent a few days at this retreat, drawing, doodling, putting your thoughts in, and at the end of the retreat, you had to burn it. Oh, <gasps> Ooh. See, I knew. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. And I don't, I think I can't tell the people till the last day and we're having a fire <laughs> ceremony and you bring it out and they'll be like, wait a minute, I can't take it with me. <laughs> no, it's six feet tall. You're not going to roll that up and take it with you. Um, <laughs> Shocking that. Shocking, Delisa. Um, I know. I, I, okay. What's, what's <laughs> the reason behind it then? What's the reason behind? I think I know the reason, but. What do you, what is the reason behind burning that? Getting rid of it. Know. It's it's an idea that popped into my head, and I'm thinking I'm thinking, ooh, people won't like that, but it might be really cathartic. I think so. Actually, I think you're right. I think you should try it. Yeah. Okay. I do. I'll invite you. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> I am coming anyway. So <laughs> of course I'm coming. Right. I would love to come over. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think that is so powerful because especially if you're putting emotions on negative emotions, you know, if you're particularly getting rid of frustrations and negative emotions, you know, we always want to, we're happy to burn them, you know, right? Oh, aren't we, you know? So if you're putting something negative thinking of things, you know, it could be, you know, and then burning it at the end, that would be more probably forgivable is what I'm thinking. There would be a reason. Yes. Now we're going to let this go. Now we're going to let it go. I think you should do it. Okay. I'll get a plane and come over and do it with you. All right. I will. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm coming. I'm going to be so busy. <laughs> I don't know where I'm getting the money from, but apparently I'm going I'm going everywhere. But I definitely want Good. to come over. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have you. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think you should do it. Um, what was I going to say? So, okay. So in a way we've touched, do most of your, the people that you work with and people come to you, do they actually, are they coming for the art? Are they coming because they have some kind of mental health issues or emotional issues, or is it a complete mix? What's the main you know, reason? I'm, I'm not a therapist, so I mm -hmm. don't help people that have yeah. that need mental help. help. Yeah. They, I send mm -hmm. them to a therapist. Good. So okay. what, what coaches, I think what therapists do is they look into the past and see, you know, how did you get here? And yeah. give you some skills to cope. And yeah. coaches look into the future. So my my uh, signature coaching program is three months long, and it teaches you several, I'm going to say, spiritual laws of the universe. <gasps> uh, so, Sounds you good. know, you understand how life 
how life works so mm. that you can imagine a beautiful future and go toward it. Oh, sounds great. So basically people come to me because they're not that satisfied with what's going on right now, somewhere in their, like maybe in their love relationships or maybe in their health and well-being, maybe in their career. They think, you know, I'm pretty happy, but I'm not as happy as I could be. So let, let me get some guidance and help. Yeah. And, And yeah, the art part of it is just another way to go deeper into who you are <laughs> yeah. and who you want to be mm. and and tap into your intuition. That's beautiful. That's lovely. So it is actually largely because of well-being, actually, on, on whatever in whatever capacity, whether it's like you say, relationships or illness or yeah, it's it is well-being. Um that's it's really interesting though, isn't it? What art does for your well-being you know and it's what what about um when people come to you and when they 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 attend so many weeks do they come to you for so many weeks they're not one-off sessions are they i imagine is it no it's 12 it was 12 it's a program 12 different sessions with me what do they leave with what do they achieve at the end i mean it's it's a very broad question because everyone would take away something completely different i understand that but what kind of sticks out the most with you what what do they leave um, with one woman I'm working with right now went from um, having a day job that she pretty much hated right. to um, starting her own business secretly on the side and take, getting another day job that she hated. To, <laughs> right. She quit her day job and she's fully into her business that she created for herself. Oh, so wow. she has made the great leap forward to just going for it. Leap of so, faith. Right. So that's the kind of things people do. Uh, Maybe they move to a new city. Maybe they, you know, really leap into that relationship of love relationship that they want. For her, it was her job. Okay. That's really interesting. So it's a leap of faith. They take that. They make the decision to change. So you're looking at transformation of some sort. Absolutely. Right. So that's kind of, I guess, the goal. That's their own goal. So coming into seeing you is actually the first step towards that just literally walking in to your place and to actually. Right. right. Actually the first exercise yeah. in any coaching that you do with me is you, mm. you imagine I take people into this imaginary time machine mm-hmm. and we, we think about those, you know, what areas of their life that they would like to be just a little bit different. Right. Then we imagine that we come out of the time machine and it's three years in the future. Mm. Everything has worked out. It's better than you imagined. And so that's, we imagine that from the get-go. Yeah. And then we dream up how to get there. That's great. If if your imagination can give you a dream, Mm. it's a dream you can have. It's wonderful to hear you say that. Well, that's true. <laughs> we all struggle. The is, yeah, the theory is if you if you couldn't have it, you wouldn't yeah. give it as an idea. It's yeah. an idea from the universe to mm. your human reality. It's a yeah, like a soul idea. Yes, yeah. I've heard something similar um, like this about whatever you can think of or imagine is possible. Right on. Is possible. Whatever you can. Yeah. Believe you can achieve. Yeah. Other way of saying it. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating that. So it's really quite empowering when when they come to you. It's it's empowering people to 
I guess it's self-belief as well. You've got that element of self-belief in there, you know, particularly if you're looking at transformation and change and they're taking this leap of faith, they're suddenly take, making a brave move, you know. That's tapping into a self-belief, I can do it. I can do really? it. And, and, and to yeah. actually face, to look at what you would love rather than what, you know, our world shows us what we don't love all mm. day long. In the news, in the media, oh. in your friends, and gossiping about what's wrong. I know. What would it look like if we all decided what we would love and did that? Oh, sounds amazing. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, it, uh, yes, I wish we could all, yeah, we should all go into this course. We should all do this. I think the whole world <laughs> needs to change their approach completely. Um, some more than others. <laughs> I won't even go there. <laughs> right on. Yeah, we, yeah, let's not even go there. So... Uh, I just want to ask you something because I've got some questions here. I'm so fascinated by by what you're doing and um, and the mix, the mix of being an artist into coaching. I mean, I know that from myself anyway, um, but from a musical stance. When did you make the move from artist to coach? How did that happen? Well, you know, I, I um, when, oh, sorry, I'm stuttering. That's all the right. Be- the beginning of COVID oh. was my moment of reality. Oh, okay. um, I, at the time I was a full-time real estate agent. I've been a real estate yes. agent, or I think you call them estate agents right? Yes, for 35 <laughs> years. Right. And, um, in Seattle, you know, Seattle was kind of the beginning of COVID right after China. So oh. people started dying and right. the city got shut down. Yeah. And I remember the moment I made this decision. I walked across my apartment to sit down at this blue table with this from the 1950s blue vinyl chair. Here it is. The blue vinyl. Oh, let's see. The oh, blue wow. Chair yep. like that, right. Lovely. Um, yep. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm going to check my email, but right. I can't go on any appointments. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm so happy. I can't go on any appointments, <laughs> even if someone calls me and they want to sell a house or they want to buy a house, I can't help them. Yeah. And so I sat down to check my email and I had a second thought. I was like, oh, holy cow, what? Yeah. You're happy that you can't do your job mm. because, because of a government <laughs> mandate. Maybe this isn't your job anymore. Yes. And that day right. I decided mm. to become a certified coach. And I've been thinking right. about it for many many years in fact i right. i remember telling a boyfriend hey i think i'll be a coach and he's like don't do that don't, that's stupid don't do that <laughs> so uh first of all don't have that boyfriend anymore <laughs> and <Excellent>. now <laughs> after a very uh, long time of uh, studying and a big yeah. uh, financial commitment i'm now mm-hmm. a certified coach with the brave thinking institute mm-hmm. and the woman who started this coaching program I saw her do a, a talk 25 years ago. I love her. She's beautiful. Mary Morrissey. Uh, she was a licensed, she was a minister for many years. Uh, and so what she brings to her coaching is everything she's been doing fabulous for all the years. And so I, I just resonated with her program. So now in the morning, I don't wake up and say, oh my God, I Hope I don't have to help anybody today. <laughs> I wake up and I'm so happy yes. <laughs> that I'm an artist and a coach and That's I great. get the opportunity mm. to help people.
Yes. What was I watching the other day? Oh, I love this woman. She's great. Judge Judy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I absolutely love that woman. She is bang on. And I actually shared something in Instagram social media. And she said there was a little interview. I'll send it to you, actually, because it's brilliant. Okay. okay. Uh, it's only like, it's under three minutes, this, this little clip. Um, but she says, if you didn't make it in your 20s, make it in your 30s. If you didn't make it in your 30s, make it in your 40s. If you didn't make it in your 40s, make it in your 50s. And she's, and then she talked about um, Grandma, I can't remember her name, Grandma Moses or something. Oh, yeah, something. Grandma Moses. Yeah, and she says, you know what she says, she did start 80. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You know, so it's never too late was her message. But um, it's it just goes to show you can – it's all about that belief, isn't it? Uh, you know, and what you're talking about is you took basically what you're helping people to do. You did yourself, which what that's makes, yeah, which absolutely. what you did yourself. <laughs> and that is what makes the entire thing completely authentic. You know, um, I think you have to operate from that platform for authenticity, you know, without having any ulterior motive than it's, it's genuine. It's genuine yeah. help, belief, empathy. It's huge. Um, your understanding of wanting to change your life, it's, you know, that can come across and you're able to help others do that by, by doing all, all your painting, the drawings, the doodling. It's incredible. So your inspiration to move to coaching was obviously coming from a place where you weren't happy. I, and that's another thing that she said, Judge Judy, if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. And you've got to think about, am I enjoying this anymore? Maybe it's time for a career change. Maybe yeah. it's time. Yeah. Well, and I want to, yeah. what I tell people, and I'm sure you tell your, your clients this too, mm. yeah. if you're telling yourself you should do it yeah. or you have to do it, that's probably the thing you should not do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because yep. nobody wants <laughs> to go forward in their life with their should or have to energy. I mean, everything we do is we're choosing to do it. Yes. Whether we think we have to, or we should. Yeah. So why not choose with joy? It's like what I'm doing here. Okay. Right. I have walked right into this and I, I have not actually, everybody's come to me. I haven't even really reached out that hard and I've, I've I've got a whole backlog of people, but I, but I love, speaking with people and just and it's it's wonderful it's it's wonderful and it's like you talk about <laughs> I, do I really have to go there today you know I mean I've had that with gigging mm-hmm. gigging you know and I've been gigging for years and years and years and years when, when I'm there singing it's all great but to get there to drive there to set up that you know and there comes a time you think do I really want to be doing this anymore you know I'm not in my 20s you know, and there's that to contend with. And I, I mean, I think you, you, you move, don't you? You change as you get older as well. Your, your, your tastes change. I think sure. your, I think your perceptions of what's more important to you changes as well. That's what I've found, you know? Yeah. Um, plus what you just said resonated with me so much. Like mm. I love to have my art in art shows. Yeah. And I don't love Packing up the art, Ugh. putting it in my car, driving across town, putting up mm-hmm. the labels and hanging yeah. it. And mm-hmm. so the last few art shows I did, someone else hung it for me. Oh, good. <laughs> someone else drove it across town. And I was like, wait a minute, what? You're going to hang it? Oh, 
So that's the answer. I should get a roadie then. You need a roadie. You need roadies. <laughs> yeah, they can set it all up. But I yeah, think they can just show up and sing. Yeah. You, you would love that still. Yeah. I Well, I love singing, but I think what I love to do is is different now. It's more like, I mean, I'm still writing. I'm still songwriting. I love songwriting. It's a wonderful process. Oh, it's fabulous. It really is so oh just liberating so I'm still doing that and I'm recording but I would like to put my art up like you're putting your art up mine is going to go digitally right to be seen and available you know and that's how I'd like to do it and if there is a live performance then it's going to be something that it's going to be once every few months in a really really good venue a nice venue you know that's you start to choose basically is what I'm saying you have to kind of start choosing um, and leaving that that stuff behind, like not changing that mindset of I have to do it. Because if you keep living with that, I have to do it, you're just never going to leave it. It's just always something you have to do because you've put yourself in that. Yeah. So it's really hard, isn't it, to lift yourself out of that mindset to make the change. I think it's really, really hard. Well, I think that I caught myself once walking up this was to the boyfriend that I eventually didn't hang out with anymore. But I remember going to his house on this one day, long day of work, and I'm walking down there and I'm thinking, oh. And then I thought, you know, that's not the right act. That's not the right way to walk into your <laughs> house. Nope. So with each step, I said to myself, I choose this. I choose this. I choose this. I choose yes. And by the time mm. I got to the door, I was, hi, honey. Right. Um, instead mm. of, Ugh, let me tell you about my day. <laughs> <laughs> because truly, even mm. though we think we're forced to act a certain way, do a certain thing, be mm. in a certain group, we are choosing every minute what we're mm. doing in life. We just forget that we have choice. And I think outside influence kind of exacerbates that sometimes so you might get the negative energies around you who are also reinforcing the idea of you have no choice absolutely well and and have you heard the idea that you are the five people you hang around with most so if you want to raise your vibration you need five new people yeah oh five in particular five like you're closest the the five people that you hang out with the most are That's where your vibration is. That's really are interesting. Are you hanging out with high vibe people? Are you hanging out with, because when I heard that, I was like, oh, gosh, let yeah. me make a list. Hmm. That person <laughs> gossips, that person complains, that mm. person really fear-based. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you see, that's really interesting because I, I have an ex-husband and, <sighs> low vibration I mean horrendous but they are attracted to people who operate on high vibrations so I'm general I'm a happy uh, I'm a happy person I'm positive I have feel a light inside of me but they're attracted to that these people he is attracted to that but what happens is that okay he might be risen in you know rising in his vibrations but it's actually squashing me it's bringing me down so that's not really useful, is it? So. Yeah. So what would it be like if you, in your already mm. high vibration, have some friends that are higher I do. than you? I do. I do. Okay. And isn't I do. it fun? Isn't it feel yeah. really good to yeah. hang around with them? Oh, beautiful. 
They're yeah. a sa- they're a savior, but the wonderful yeah. the wonderful thing is is that I don't bring them down. It's it shouldn't be. It's kind of mutual. You you lift each other actually, right? You know, right? You on. lift each other and you sort of exist in a a mutually light high vibration and and you learn and it, you just feel joy being in each other's company talking about wonderful things you know and this is great rather than negativity draining the life out of your soul which I know quite a lot about and I have met so many people who've suffered this as well and that's what that's why I love meeting people like you because you're a healer and a light worker oh thank you Okay, I'm going to give you two techniques to get, okay. rid of, get rid of bad energy that you think got stuck Excellent. on Excellent. Okay. They're super easy. One is you imagine, um, have you ever seen a washing machine spin? Yep. Spin cycle. So you mm-hmm. imagine that you're putting the spin cycle on all the energy around you and everything that isn't your energy is just spinning out into the universe. Ah, I like spin that. It. Just spin it out. Yeah. Another way to clear your own energy of other people's energy is uh, in a shower or in, in a water bath. I do that. It can just get off of you. Yes. Yes. And uh, the thing I used to imagine when I had to talk to my ex-husband, because I had that same kind of energetic <sighs> thing, I used to control, I used to keep my own energy just in contained. Yes. And bouncing off of me. And I actually used to tape a penny. Oh. <laughs> I taped a coin to my chest and okay. to my back. Oh, really? You can do it with your imagination. Oh, you brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But you can just say, I just imagine that you are surrounded by a bubble that's a mirror. Right. My so friends, anybody yes. else's energy just bounces, bounces back. off. Yep. Or wear a mirror on your back is another one. My, yeah. my, my, um, one of my very close friends who I've, uh, I've known for like 15, 16 years. She's a Reiki master. And she says to me, she says, Mel, you've got to put yourself in a gold egg, a gold egg. It's your oh, I love that. safe, a gold, a golden egg. And that's it. And I can even put my daughter in one as well. I can visualize it to protect her. So yeah. I visualize a golden egg around her too, to ward off negative energies, negative. It's, it's the spirits. It's just the negativity in these people. It's just incredible um if you let them in you know so it's it's protection you're talking about protecting protecting your your spirit protecting your soul is what you're talking about right are you familiar with the guy um james von prague no i'm gonna write that down he's a psychic medium he's like kind of famous in the u.s okay and um i've also i'm also certified in his coaching school but one of the things he says is is energetically some people are energies uh, vampires basically they're taking yeah. your energy and you can imagine it's like a cord yes that's connected between the two of you and the, there's this yes. energy going back and forth and yeah. he, so he said sometimes he would be at a book signing and someone would just be taking all the time and energy and talking about all their and he would he would just he would do this with his hand do you know it's really now, weird just just talking to them, he would go like this. And in his imagination, he chops the cord from his heart area that goes back to them. And he said, it'll be, it's so shocking. I did this the other day, Mel, with somebody on Zoom. We weren't even in, in person, but they were like, blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking, I'm starting to feel worse and worse. Yeah. And they look happy. They look yeah. like they're getting a lot out of this. So I went like this. And she stuttered a little bit and stopped talking. <gasps> It was instant. Wow. 
And That's I thought, brilliant. Thank you, James Bond Prague, thank you. That's great. I'm going to try that. that, that yeah, I'm going to try that. But it's not funny. I have done that automatically. Oh no! What did I say to my friend? I've done things that actually they tell you to do in in like Reiki. They tell you yeah. to do to get rid. So I've done this. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of get rid. Get thing. just just. It's like brushing off dust or something around my <laughs> on my aura, and I've been flicking it. And she and she laughed. She said, "That's what you do when you're getting rid of. It's like black." sticking to yes. your egg egg sticking to your egg you know this dirt you know but it's it's funny because I'm sure I've done that I've done that I've actually done that not knowing it's chopping a cord because it's this person trying to stay attached to me yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah yeah fascinating fascinating to actually do things already instinctively yeah see we, the, the, and the thing I tell my coaching clients is this you are far greater than you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's we are all have more power and more insight yeah. and more capabilities than yeah. we give ourselves credit for. Yes. Yes. That's nice. That's really lovely to actually remind each other of that because then you're raising vibrations even higher every time you say something like that. Yeah. It's bouncing each other. That's lovely. Gosh, that is really quite fascinating going into the spirituality. But isn't it funny, you know, this this the elements of art, the doodling, whether it's music, it always leads to spirituality, always guaranteed. It's the soul. It's the soul. You're exposing the soul. So it's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. Fascinating. Yeah. I was looking at some of your... Um, what I found really lovely, I looked at your website and there was, I think it's the front page, isn't it? Is it the shop window? Oh, oh yeah, the window. Uh, at, the, at my art website, Delisa. Oh, I love it. There's a shop window there and you've got some beautiful art bits hanging quite, it's really quite quirky, it's interesting. And there were some lovely words written. There's word, There are words on some of the art. It's like yeah. art meets words and you've put it, and some of these words I, I found I thought there were keywords actually uh change you've got one there relax edge illumination dream flow attention focus transformation and courage are these the words that the people who have attended written themselves those that would be from? words those would be words I wrote down while you I was wrote. Doodling. when I started doing doodling yeah I was in, uh, yeah maybe when I started seriously just keeping a sketchbook with me all the time. Yeah. In art school. And I used to try unsuccessfully to draw the scene around me. So I'd be on a bus or a train or a plane and I would draw the, and sometimes people would be talking and I would write down what they were saying. Oh, and they really? would be that what they were saying would become part of my drawing. That's and when I when COVID started and yeah. I started making my big drawings, I was actually just trying to stay sane. I was like, "What? Mm -hmm. Don't go outside. You're going to die. <laughs> right? <laughs> Wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Get a vaccine. Whatever." I was like, "Okay, mm -hmm. I need to start listening to uplifting music. I need mm -hmm. to listen to some podcasts that soothe my anxiety." And yeah. I just started writing down the words, lovely from what I was listening to. And then I started doodling over the words. So a lot of my doodles are, I love to write down words, even yeah. a shopping list. Like, what am I going to get in the store? And then I will draw something over it. And then sometimes yeah. I will paint over that. So some of the words will still be in it. Right. And there's a random occurrence which words show up. It's interesting. 
Yeah, you, that's your own process. That's the way you do it. Yeah. It's your own process for creating art. Because I've seen, I'm looking at some, I'm going to look at your website now, your early work, and I've just looked at some of your, oh, your drawings. Where are we? Early work, paintings. There we go. Oh, wonderful. Memories, dreams. There's a lovely goldfish here. Um, there's some bottles down here. Beautiful. What do you use? Is it? Is it? A, it looks chill. Those, most most of those are oil paintings. Are they oil paintings? I can't yeah. quite see. Okay, oil paintings. Yeah. Lovely. Absolutely beautiful. When you're actually doing this, are you generally on your own doing this, or are people around you? I mean, how how does that work for you? What what's what works better for you when you're doing your I, own art? I mainly do it in my own studio or in my own home. Okay, so you're um, alone, unless yeah. I'm in a class. It's mm-hmm. fun to be, and we haven't really had that since COVID started. We're just starting to yeah. open up again in Seattle now. So we can right. do things in person. It's right. fun to be in a group of people making art at the same time. Yes. Although if I'm making a painting, it takes me months. Mm. So, if, uh, you know, I could spend three hours and it just doesn't look like anything. Right. I can go back and back and back. Yeah. And months later, it turns into a painting. So yeah. that's not really conducive to a group. No. It's, it's a personal journey, isn't it, when you're doing your yeah. own art and it's, it's a bit like building a song. It's exactly the same. You chip away at it and you go back when you feel like it, when you're inspired and when you're ready to, actually. So it's a bit of a journey, isn't it? Yes, and I do the same thing mm. that my coaching clients do. Okay. I was like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> like, in the, I'll be in the middle. I, I'll have a vision for what I want it to be and I'll like, ah, oh, that's not good enough. Or right. like, every once in a while I'll go, oh, awesome got to stop mm. right now because every artist knows that if you just yeah. you can it's a certain point and it's done and a yes. certain point beyond that and it's overdone yes do you ever do that with a song yes <laughs> so you worked it so much that now it's yes done. oh delisa okay what i've done with a song is i've recorded it once and then i've gone back to it maybe even years later and re-recorded it again and it's been another version you know yeah there's you know it's this this uh, like i was saying this element of perfectionism it can be really quite that can be quite draining actually on yourself you know you're never completely satisfied but there, there comes a point where i think you have to sort of I say train yourself. You've got to learn to think, actually, that's perfect as it is. You know, and I've, I listen back to some stuff that I've just uploaded, which has never been released. It's now released. Um, and it was created in 2006, more or less. And the imperfections in the vocals, I'll be like, oh, I should record that again. I should. Do it. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. Because that's part of the learning curve as well. That's about where you were at that particular moment in time, which can't be changed. You know, that's it. It's unique. Right. It's unique. It's a special moment in time. And it's the same with art. You can always go back, take my mother's an artist. She paints and draws as well. So I know a little bit about it and the processes. But it's like, would you take something you did 10 years ago and just I think I'll just touch that up and add a little bird in there or you wouldn't do it. It's just it's wrong. It's yeah. wrong. I just think it's wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave it. It's Your true. Art. You, you yeah. change. Like what I did 10 years ago, um, <laughs> I couldn't add. I would have to paint over the whole entire painting. Right. I couldn't just go in and paint like that again because I'm, I'm not that person anymore. I'm, no. I'm me today. Yes. 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 So in a sense, it's a timeline. So when you look at it, 
and you you actually if you put it up up on all the wall on the walls for example you have you know where you were 10 years ago and where you are now you, you it's a timeline it's yeah. it's you it's your soul going on a journey yeah. you know it would be wrong to go and change anything so it's it's quite interesting that i think it's the same for music too you know and that's why even with the podcasting i look at the early stuff and i think ugh but to where i'm coming to now but i'm leaving it because the whole message actually to people is that when we don't come into the world we're not we're not born perfect professionals no everything is a learning curve and it's all about how you learn about yourself as well what you're learning what your your journey what you're going through and it sounds like you've been on a journey delisa as well you've been on your own journey too in life yeah yeah sounds like you have you know oh um, absolutely I, I was <laughs> Yeah, I have tales to tell. Oh, I'm sure you do. I bet that's another podcast on its own, isn't it? <laughs> we could definitely talk about lots of different things. Lots you know, of different things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you've experienced heartache, hardship, difficulties somewhere in your life because I I mean, you can generally feel it in arts, but art is kind of this outlet. Would you Would you agree with that? An outlet, an expression of expression. You know, for- oh, absolutely. I, in fact, my sister yeah. was telling someone the other day, and I forgot about this. <laughs> we were teaching an art class together, and she said yeah. that I've been using words in my art for a long time, that I once did a series of love letter paintings. I was like, oh, Ooh. I forgot about that. So I found this box of old love letters written to me. Yeah. And I ripped them up, and I pasted them to this art, and some of the words you could see, and some of them you couldn't. Yeah. That was so long ago. I was like, oh, I guess I have been putting words in art for a long time. Yes. But it was it was fun to not yeah. only reminisce about those old lost loves that didn't work out. And mm. one of them, I, I had several letters from this one person that I still know, and I mailed them back to him. I said, I'm going to send you these uh, letters back before I turn them into an art project. Oh, <laughs> Amazing how someone can become a project, isn't it? Right. Sorry, you're going to be an art project pretty soon. That's it. But yes, well, you can't be human. Um, you can't be in a human body no. for this long without having some heartache and no. some ups and downs. But that's, mm. I was thinking about that the other day. That is what the world is that we live in. Mm. We're in this opposites kind of world. There's good and bad. There's yeah. evil and love. There's mm. hot and cold. Mm-hmm. They're spicy and bland. And without sorrow and joy, we wouldn't know where we were on the spectrum of feelings. Yes. So we have yeah. to, I mean, and I do mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. feeling really bereft and really upset when I was getting divorced. Yeah. And it was just heartbreaking. But mm-hmm. I certainly learned how to have my own boundaries I mean, mm. when I look back, I go, what did I learn from get, marrying that guy and getting divorced? I knew all my boundaries because my boundaries were sort of blurred. Well, <laughs> otherwise, he couldn't have really wrecked me so much or, or yeah. it wouldn't have hurt so much yeah. if I would have just said, oh, don't don't talk to me like that. Don't mm. act like that. Don't mm. let's not do this. Mm. So I'm grateful that I was married and that and I'm divorced yeah. and I learned yes. where my edges were. Yeah. yeah. And I continue to grow and learn where my edges are now because now it's easier. Yes. Now I know what I want to say no to. Mm. Funnily enough, my friend said that today. She says, at least I know what I don't want. <laughs> 
what you said. And I'm not being funny, but that's um, it's really important, actually. That's really important to know what you don't want. And that's that's part of the process, isn't it? We've got to go through life, I guess. And we have to go through these. So we have to, you know, we do go through them, but we have to learn from them and try not to go there again. It's very, very hard because there's this thing about patterns as well. And yeah. yeah, it's it's very, very hard for some women, you know, who've particularly come from abusive backgrounds as well and who just kind of walk into situations and then, you know, and then it becomes, the relationship becomes toxic actually. And to break away from that is fabulous. But the key is maintenance is actually to stay away from it. Right. You, and and there's the a quote by Michael Beckwith, who's a, mm-hmm. you probably know him. He was on The Secret. He's a minister. In, oh, I love The Secret. Secret. Yeah. Um, Michael Beckwith says it this way, which is perfect. Mm. We're often pushed by our pain until we're pulled by our vision. Oh, that's interesting. Either way. Yeah. Those mm. are the two. It's like hot and cold. Those are the two ways yeah. the universe is talking to us. We mm. know what we don't want. So what would we love? Exactly. And that gives us the, I was, I was trying to make an analogy out of like, what, what if you followed what you love all the time, as much as you could, mm. and you imagine that it was the light illuminating your freeway. Yes. That you're, you're driving down this road, you're going toward this light and the light is what you would love. Yeah. And it's lighting your way. Mm. And if you look back, you're like, what, whatever you're leaving behind is don't want that anymore. <laughs> no. And either yeah. way, there's like, you don't know what you're going to go to next, but you no. know what you would love mm. and you know how you would love to feel. And yeah. so you go toward that just a tiny yeah. step time. It's, it's really interesting because I, I think a lot of the times we don't choose to go through what we go through. Things just happen. People are drawn and you get into situations that you didn't particularly choose. And I mean, I can look back and think, I didn't even want that then, but it didn't go, you know? Yeah. But so it's learning actually to d- deflect to as it's coming towards you, because like you say, there's love in the world, but there's also evil in the world. So it's learning to recognize both. And it's very hard because sometimes evil can come in in the form of love, what looks like love, a shape of love, but it's not. It's bad for you. So it's learning to actually recognize that. And I think that's something you can only do when you've got more wisdom. That's what I think. And, and sadly, wisdom comes through time, which means that you get older. And <laughs> so it's I only, know, it's so you know true. what I mean? It's absolutely so true. And <laughs> you've probably heard this saying, if not now, when? Mm. if not now when like if you're asking yourself should I do this or that if not mm. now when and I was like yeah. I heard that 35 years ago yeah la 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 and I was like wait a minute 35 years if not now when maybe now yeah maybe yeah now mm. and I you know there's a part of me that wishes I knew everything I know right now 35 years mm. ago I didn't I didn't yeah. really fully comprehend it no um uh, and mm. Now I do. I still slip back into, you know, the worry and and repetitive yeah. thoughts that people mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. But now I can notice I'm having them. Mm. That's it. That's it. So it's it's bringing it all into awareness. That's the thing. Yep. I mean, I think I'm going to ask you. Do you think that actually 
doing the doing your the arts, doing the courses with you, meditation and the doodling will help bring yourself into awareness. Do you oh, think yeah. it, right? Oh, so yeah. so actually, I mean, I don't know what age group actually attend your your um courses. Do you have more older people? Do you have young people? You know, right group? now I have when I thought I when I imagined who my clients would be, I imagined that I'd have successful uh, estate agents right? that just wonder what's next or is this all there is? And they'd be signing up with me. But it turns mm -hmm. out I have younger people. Oh, like 30, -ish, 30, 40. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's and mostly women. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, the people that are willing to go look at their thoughts and feelings and and. Yes. Um, Another thing I love to talk about is dreaming. Like when you're asleep, that could be oh. a podcast. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I did. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, do tell me though, because I did a, a dissertation on, on dream songs. So I wrote songs around. That was actually. I, I love it. Yeah. So basically I did an, an entire album for my Masters of Music and it was on my dream songs. And they were songs I really dreamt. How, and many, I, songs, how many songs have you dreamt, Mel? Oh, many, but I can remember, uh, how many did I write? I think it was about six, but I did one particular song that was 10 minutes long, right? So, and I created it, it was 10 minutes long. And basically it's, I called it the dream state song. So it had all these sounds of like heartbeats and, you know, when you are in a deep uh, dreaming, sleeping state. And then it had some waking up in the middle of the night and some, so you go, ah! you know, some sort of weird noises and things like that. It was really quite, it's quite arty, actually, if I say so myself, you know, and I've, I brought my, my daughter into it, you know, so it's like, mommy, mommy, you know, and it came, it. right. And so I had that like, so part, so, you know, because dreams are weird. I mean, dreams are just, they're, they're nonsensical at all. You know, they're just, they're just, there's no sense to them. They, but they're trying to tell you something. Aren't they? It's Absolutely. Yeah, it's that something is being said and communicated. So, no, I have had dreams where literally I've been presented. Literally, it feels like I've been given a song, and I've literally written the song and recorded it. I have actually done that, and it feels like it's not mine because I dreamt it. <laughs> it's crazy, like an angel gave it to me. Right. Absolutely, yeah. you know, it's it's. When we're asleep, we go into yeah. this state that's very much like a very deep meditative state. Yeah. We're connected to the everything. Yeah. So we're connected to the universal mind, the quantum field, whatever you want to call it, where the answers to everything is. Many, yeah. many, many people in history have dreamt inventions, solutions to their mathematical problems, solutions right. to their their chemical problems. Right. I'm sure other people have dreamt music as well. I've oh, yes. heard about a couple of, yeah. of songs that just came straight out into the musicians' heads and then they tried yes. to get songs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah. I think dreaming is fascinating. I've been writing down my dreams for more than 40 years. Wow. That's oh my word! Yeah, the trippy incredible. thing about dreaming is yeah. it, it does it does seem like it's nonsensical. It seems mm. like it's telling you something, but you don't know what it is, mm. right? You said that. Yeah, it's just telling you in a different language, mm. like the language of art, mm. the visual art, or or even art in music. 
there's a language to it. There's a language to dreams too. So dreams mm. will tell you in a metaphorical way, mm. um, something, something you need to know or become aware of something you might, that might help you with it now or in the future. Yes. Well, let's go back to marrying that guy that I had a divorce. Mm. So when I, right after I married him, we mm. married after we met for three weeks. <laughs> <So, gasps> okay. So anyway, I got married and in the dream, I'm having a party with all my relatives and he's yeah. there and this party's really boring. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't <laughs> get out of here. And I look at the, I'm being polite, the polite chit chat. And I look at the doors across this room and they're those doors that you push a big bar to get out. Yes. Big chains wrapped around them. Oh. And so I think in the dream, I can't leave. The doors mm-hmm. are locked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a few minutes later, in dream world, I'm looking around and I realize the chain is wrapped around, but there's no lock. Ah, interesting. And then I say to myself in the dream, well, I can yeah. just walk out whenever yeah. I want to. So I wake up, <laughs> I write down the dream. And I'm like, well, I wonder what that meant. Hmm. Now, you can tell me what that means. Yeah. Oh, right. I wasn't really trapped in that marriage. No, you weren't. I could leave whenever I wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I? No, I stayed no. for 10 years. But same hand. <laughs> there's a part of me that knew I could get out right yeah. then, like mm. a couple days after I married him. I knew uh. I wasn't trapped. And my dream told me that. Delisa, that, that is resonating with me massively because I had the same. You had a dream that told you? No, 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 not not dream. I Uh really, it really happened. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, really, there were chains on the door. Trust me. (laughs) No, I I got married, and and it's exactly the same. uh, What you're saying is, I I said that apparently. Oh, I can always get out. Don't go into something you're not sure about. What are you thinking? So it's, again, you're going back to that belief, that belief system. Something in there is believing that you have to you have to be in something you don't want to be in. Right. So mm-hmm. what is that? Where does that come from? And hopefully through art and through your doodling courses and everything, hopefully they've got the opportunity to go and tap into that, to find that part out, to find it out. As a counsellor, that's that's probably what I would work with. Yeah, well, it, it would definitely be that because where does that idea come from? What is it about that person's life or past where they felt trapped before? Because my guess is they felt you know felt trapped before somewhere in the past that it's being replayed in the in this moment now somewhere. It's very very subtle, you know. Absolutely, it's like a paradigm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all have these parts. Mm that are running around doing things automatically mm. that may or may not help us anymore. Because mm. of course, as you know, as a counselor, those parts are created when we we're like five or six years old. So yes. they might've been super helpful when we're five or six surviving in the world. But mm-hmm. when we're adults, we don't need to be thinking like a five or six year old anymore. It's So, so yeah. one of the things I mm-hmm. do in my coaching program is when you, yeah. Fear comes up mm. mostly because there's a paradigm running. It's a yeah. familiar pattern of thoughts and actions that you do automatically. And then right. that's this little part of you doing this. Right. You're like, what's the big part of you? What's the part of you that wants to go to that dream? 
Yeah. What are yeah. they doing? Yeah. Um, let's talk to that part and let's go yeah. boldly step yeah. forward yeah. into this new beautiful dream. Yes. Now, and then I really do think the part of what I do with people that's missing mm. is particularly suitable for counselors to do actual parts work. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, I know. Do you know that NLP? I do. That, yes. People that yeah, do yeah. Adam yeah. parts yeah. work. Yeah. I think you yes. get you get yes. a really great shift in what's yeah. happening for you yeah. and you, you get free. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I worked, I tend to work what's called person-centered. So it's really working with the person in the moment mm-hmm. and it's conveying empathy, unconditional positive regard, which is all the things you're doing, you right. know, and you're, you're prizing your clients, which means that you're show, you're loving them by showing them acceptance and validation for what they're doing. And that kind of feeds into their psyche. And that's where a lot of the healing is done is through that. Um, But what you're doing, I mean, you're doing a lot of that, but what you're doing with the artist, you're starting to unpick, you're starting the process of unpicking all the deep stuff. And then when they're ready and it's coming to their awareness, they can then take it to therapy. Yeah, that's they, they, so. You're actually helping bridge them over, bridging them over to that. Yeah, that's a, that's the way I see what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's what I see. What you're doing, I, I think you could do it yourself anyway. To be honest with you, I mean, what what you're doing is 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 amazing, and the healing, and to look into that because there's a lot of intuition here, isn't there? I mean, you have to be intuitive to do this. You have to see beyond beyond. The words beyond beyond the the images, looking through all these different the angles are not just the shadows and the lighting, but it's actually what are what's the meaning? What's the meaning? Right. And there are so many. So I can see, I can feel. I, I'm I'm tuned in to what you're doing. So because I feel you're very open, and I, I'm tuned in. So yeah, I'll be getting on a plane soon. Okay, Mel. I'll be <laughs> happy to see you. <laughs> Anyway, well, it's, it's been absolutely amazing talking with you, Delisa, and I think we should talk again about and bring up all the other stuff that we've mentioned. Because that, I know, I we could got, go on and on. We could go on and on and on, and I think we've got another two episodes there, so I'll put this as episode one. <laughs> all right. All right, to be continued. To be continued. 